to How Do You Engineer, your legitimately technology news-related podcast. <laughs> I'm a host, Peter Martin. I'm a host, Abby Desjardins. And I'm a host, Simon Whitmel. Is this when you wanted the, like, news voice? Yeah, do the news voice. The world of engineering was turned upside down last week at a trade show. You won't believe what we found there. Was that was that everything you'd hoped it would be and more? <laughs> yeah, I've actually been watching. I've been watching Legend of Korra, and so like the shinobi oh, like guy, yeah. that voice. That's always stuck in my head whenever I try to do that voice. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, um, yeah. So I guess you wanted me to talk about this because it came out of my brain. So yes, talk about things that came out of your brain. So this week, uh, I thought it might be appropriate for us to once again revisit our iTunes category and talk about tech news. Yay, tech news! Mm-hmm. And it seemed apropos. Since Simon and I, not Abby, because she's not as cool as us, went to a conference last week that was technology-related. All the cool kids were there. And so I was thinking, we should talk about the current trends in engineering. Things you should know or inform yourself of to be up and coming and on the bleeding cutting edge. The the cutting bloody edge. (laughs) Oh my god, stop it. (laughs) I I don't think, I think it's leading edge. People say the bleeding edge and I think that's wrong. The, the leading it's the leading the, edge the, not the leading bloody cutting edge <laughs> it's an edge yes on the edge yes i i, I mean forefront the, the, for, the, the edge the of the forefront, forefront. Yes. just say the forefront <laughs> the, the imagery works both ways but it's way more gross when it bleeds i Less feel like blood we bleeds. are already off to a blazing start <laughs> we are off to our normal start yes okay and so. abby has things to say too about technology and up-and-coming trends you yep. did. You were like, I know things about stuff. I'm going to insert so much <laughs> silence there. Before <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, cool. So I wrote some things down. But you should start. <laughs> okay. No one else prepared. I didn't get to go to this super cool conference. So I don't know what you guys saw. Well, what did you see? You were there in spirit. No, nah, I wasn't. I, okay. So this is... <laughs> <laughs> I was nothing to do with it. <laughs> Okay, now i got to go find the notes I made, which is a good thing I made notes because I immediately forgot what I was going to talk Okay, about. while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about interesting things. Yeah, so you should start. So I learned uh, a couple of days ago that octopus, in the plural, is octopuses because it's from Greek origins, not Roman. Oh, I thought you were going to like talk about something related to the podcast. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> not just I, fill the silence. Not that I don't love like random facts like that no That's simon's awesome. really upset that you're stepping on his territory Ha-ha. look at him That's okay. he's we, twitching we don't usually have a, a fun fact during this sh- like conversation episode so i'm I okay know. with that um okay so things that i saw at this conference that made me think of trends in engineering so let's start with green energy everyone loves the green energy right mm-hmm. now yeah i wonder why it's not like we it's not need really green energy. New. Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with fossil fuels? <laughs> okay, I, I was being I was legitimately saying like you're just being ridiculous. But like I, I'm I'm interested to know why, like what has caused this resurgence in interest in green energy? Like people are all of a sudden really hyped up about it. Okay, so this is possibly dumb, but <laughs> okay. I would I would. I would seriously posit that it's Elon Musk. That's it. I, no, I, I, I think probably know a small legit. part of it. Yeah. yeah. Not just because of Tesla, but also because Tesla acquiring solar space or whatever the hell this other company is called. Well, mm-hmm. it's interesting because Tesla has definitely. Solar City. Yeah. Solar City? Yeah. Tesla has tried, despite the fact that Tesla as a company is still basically a car company with a big battery factory, they have really tried to align themselves with the green energy, like, concept of green energy and using your using the batteries to like store up green energy and yeah. whatnot mm-hmm. well do you guys mm-hmm. know about his grand vision i i know he has this like 
crazy manifesto thing. Yeah. So 10 years ago, he came out on a blog with his grand vision of the next 10 years for Tesla. And his grand vision at that time was to make electric cars. He said, I'm going to make an expensive electric car and rich people are going to buy the crap out of my car. And I'm going to double down on that by making less and less expensive cars using the money I make from the most expensive cars. And using all of that ecosystem of electric vehicles, I'm going to also start a solar panel company, which will make me all of the solar panels. And then using the electric cars and the solar panels, we can have a preliminary look at how to create energy efficient vehicles and sustainable vehicles. And then he was going to have a be sort of a, a precursor to um, autonomous vehicles, which is what autopilot is now. Mm-hmm. So a month ago, I may have bastardized that, but basically that's what he said. Um, a month, basically a month ago, he came out with his new 10 year plan and his new 10 year plan for Tesla is that not only is he going to come out with a transport truck and a bus, but the thing that really got me super excited is that he is going to invest in flexible, attractive solar panels that can be mounted on the tops of the vehicles that they make Cool. that will essentially charge the vehicles effectively enough for them to be no longer like plugged in potentially mm. i think that's what it was at or, least or at the, least supplement the yeah at least supplement um and also have the vehicles autonomous enough to no longer have the requisite for them to be yours all the time so yeah. part of it was that um basically they will take autopilot out of beta once the statistics show that it is 10 times safer than a regular person. And once it goes out of beta, the idea is that you would have a car that during the day goes off and drives other people around. And then you use their summon feature for the car to come back and pick you up when you're ready to go somewhere. And that drives you home and then it goes off and drives other people around. So you don't actually always have your car, even though you own it, you basically have your car, but you rent it to other people. Mm. And the car is sustainable because it has solar panels and, um, really effective batteries and it's effective also because you get paid for it by using it for other things cool. it's kind of cool yeah. so we had all, all these ideas but yeah. uh well, that actually touches on another one that was big at the conference which was machine learning yeah. and machine intelligence mm-hmm. mm. that's another one that a lot of people are really interested in and it's it's interesting because these are topics not necessarily that people are developing new products into but that people are trying to align their existing products with mm-hmm. like people people who make communication devices are looking at how to make these communication devices you be useful for like autonomous vehicles and they're looking at how to use the communication devices to track smart grids mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like so it, it like those are the trends i'm seeing is people who already make a product and they're just looking at how to like align that product with these these things that are interesting what people want mm-hmm. quote unquote the other yeah. interesting thing is that it's and this circles back around to both the, the elon musk topic and the why these things are emerging now topic um for the first time these sorts of technologies are feasible like like directly feasible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nothing that he said in his 10 years plan is not something that you can see them doing they're all totally doable it just yeah. takes time and money i mean they're building their gigafactory right now and when that's finished it will already be the largest producer of lithium ion batteries on the planet. Yep. 
so it's like this is all stuff that's, po- that's not even possible it's totally feasible and could probably be already be done just not cost effectively enough at the moment yeah mm-hmm. so it's possible the resurgence in green energy is just because it's starting to you're starting to reach the point where you might actually have a return on investment within yeah. the lifetime of the product and machine learning computers are cheap enough and powerful enough now that you can double down on machine learning without needing a whole lot of giant supercomputers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of uh there was a lot of motion at the the conference we were at to take tasks more tasks that are normally human tasks and move them to machines a lot of like inspection tasks and things that you can do now with cameras and the green energy smart grids in in terms of all of the switching and balancing and everything like that as well well a lot i mean a lot of that is already automated but there's yeah i i noticed a lot of companies that were like Mm -hmm. you can eliminate even like one more layer like there's a lot of automated testing things that we'll do you can basically teach them to like identify bugs um like as they start seeing various different, there, there were a lot of automated test systems at this conference. There yep. were like mm. automated pin test systems. Those and are neat. insane. Yeah, they were pretty neat to watch. Yeah, but so they're like beyond just like telling you where there's a fault. It's or telling you what it measured. They're now getting into the thing where like it can it can measure a bunch of things and say, okay, these measurements were aberrant, and because of that, you've probably got a fault mm-hmm. here. But even in and of themselves, they're pretty awesome to watch. It's basically like a giant machine, and you put a circuit board into it. And it has a robot that basically pokes the circuit board with a needle super fast. Yeah. Well, it's it's like a guy sitting there with an oscilloscope or like with a multimeter. Yeah. And he's like probing two points a whole bunch of times to see like, does this connect to this? Does this connect to this? Mm-hmm. What's the resistance from here to here? Only it does it like a hundred times a minute. Robot fast. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Well, actually, it does it a hundred times a minute, but it's also got like six pairs of probes. So it's going yeah. like crazy fast. That mm-hmm. would do it. Um, just to give all this conversation some uh, context i guess mm-hmm. um at this conference last week were they kind of marketing these products to users or other people in industry other or? people in industry yeah yeah it was it was very much an industrial trade show okay it was it was people showing off to other tech people about the things that they can do okay so mm-hmm. are, are these topics interesting to the general public then i think it's well these are trends that we're seeing in the engineering ecosystem yeah like they're 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 going to these trends are going to inform the kinds of technologies that are going to become they're going to be developed in the near future Mm -hmm. like the people the people who are making new technology right now are interested in green energy they're interested in making their technology align with green energy which means eventually people will have to buy it because they'll have been made and be on sale well, like, they, like they, the, they will have no choice because marketing will like make them believe it. But I mean, like internal internal trends in technology and engineering always lead productionized trends because you have to make the product first before you can of productionize course, it yeah. and sell it. So, if you need to figure out, for instance, one of the things we looked at or that they talked a lot about is five G. People are going to have phones that are five G. Yeah, but right now they don't because it's still a topic of research and development. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, but these there's a lot of five G topics that they've talked about because it's a thing that's an active field of inquir- inquiry and research. Yeah, I mean that that one's five G is interesting because it's it's externally driven as well because like everyone who has a phone wants their phone to get data faster. Yeah, so that that one the market is already constantly looking for better communications. Yeah. yeah. But there was a lot of research in, again, at the same trade show into making, uh, yeah, just maximizing bandwidth on every kind of wireless communication, whether it's mm-hmm. personal communication. Like, actually, that, that is a good overarching trend is that there's a lot of information management going on. 
yeah. less so like material management. A lot, a lot of engineering in the past was how you deal with physical goods. Mm-hmm. And now it's increasingly how you deal with information, whether you're dealing with like databases, whether you're dealing with like processing information, mining data, or moving information from point A to point B. Um, like there's a lot of networking, a lot of like literal like d- data networking, as mm-hmm. well as a lot of uh, like data mining and processing going on. And also just just like embedded processing and how to deal with data locally before it has to be stored or moved. There's there's that's I guess that's another another big trend. And we talked about this on our like future ex- like technology is the Internet of Things. Yeah. There yeah. was a lot of distributed processing, a lot of stuff about like having intelligent nodes and um, uh, self-contained microcontroller systems, things like that. Any, anywhere we could offload centralized processing out to um, out to the branches so, that fit into the smart grid, actually, because there was a lot of stuff yeah. there about having like self-contained intelligent devices that were connected to the grid, but then reported back to a central intelligence. But they had already pre-processed a bunch of information. So that's interesting because something I want to talk about in a little bit are trends in consumer products that we think are also emerging as being kind of a, a, a wave. But uh, Internet of Things is something that's interesting because it's something that's already a, in the consumer sphere, mm-hmm. but not super successfully, um, depending on the application, because nothing is really matured as either an application context that makes sense in terms of need and pain points for consumers or people are trying to jump on bandwagons because it's new and hip and cool but not necessarily something that you actually want like being able to like input microcontrollers inside like your juicer or (laughs) inside like all sorts of other i don't know you can weird things that i like that you can buy to be there. One of the things that was on, I found on IFTTT, uh, like one of the recipes was like, so you could turn on your Internet of Things slow cooker when you left the office or when you're like at lunch, you could be like, it's lunchtime. I'm going to remotely activate my slow cooker. Yeah. And I was like, that, I guess, is a thing that you would want to do. Probably. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, would. I, I would. I can think of the possibilities. I would just turn on my slow cooker before I left the house. I, I don't really feel like it needs to be remotely activated. Mm, I guess. Anyway, no, but anyway, it's, it's, it's the, one of the point is, the point like, is, my point was that I think probably IoT will become very powerful in industry first. Yeah, that was actually mm-hmm. one of the things, another thing we saw a fair bit of was uh, adapting concepts from IoT to very specific industrial applications and then trying to come up with a way to standardize uh, applications and communication for that industry. Yeah, so let's take PowerGrid for instance. If you have an entirely... Um, iot enabled power grid whatever that may be you have the potential to for instance have um real-time feedback to people who are subscribed to your particular energy provider to say right now energy is cheap like for the next 20 minutes energy is cheap so if you want to wash your hair or run the dishwasher if it's a longer period of time now is the time to do it because for this small period right now energy is cheap but then let's say energy spikes because people get home from work and they turn their AC on or whatever, you could give real-time feedback to say, you know what, energy's getting pretty expensive at this particular time of day. Maybe you should not run your dryer right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, could, um, you could have a very reactive power grid mm-hmm. just with that, like having that information coming back. There, there's a lot of interesting things. If you have the lo- both the loads and the, and the monitoring equipment all on the same kind of network, 
and the ability for you to to uh, like to pre-program a system. So it's like I want you to I want to run my laundry today sometime. Yeah. And I leave the house, and then the laundry machine is like going along. It's like do 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 do. Okay, energy is cheap now. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does it on its own. Um, and also the same as like one of the other examples they always used to use was transportation, where increasingly having switches and stuff like that in subway systems or buses that have uh that are enabled allow you to much more um efficiently control the flow of people through a transit system Mm -hmm. but also the customer facing side of that again is that uh now we have awesome apps that tell us when the bus is going to arrive or if the bus is delayed and we have cool apps that tell us like where the subway is and when it's going to arrive and that's kind of cool yeah the i think the big hurdle based on what I saw and heard discussed is that there is no, there, there, there lacks standardization. There's no oh, yeah. way for something like a consumer device to talk directly to an industrial device mm-hmm. or for, a, or for any single like higher level intelligence to gather data from all kinds of different stuff. Is it, is it I think Google tried to standardize the customer facing one and they called it like Brillo or something. There, there have been, there have been yeah, dozens of, there's a bunch of standards. standardized. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the problem is that there are so many, there are as many standards as there are people trying to like push their internet of things idea. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there, they, we, we saw a couple new, like new ideas for how to standardize it for industry, but it's really going to come down to, again, Either some, either some juggernaut's going to come along and say this is how it's going to be, uh, and be successful doing that, or something's going to come along which is so much better than everything else, like in terms of like ease of use, or uh, they if they can get buy-in from enough developers or enough uh, hardware manufacturers. Yeah. Like it's, it, there's going to have to be a tipping point there, but mm-hmm. until then, it's still going to seem it's still going to be very idiosyncratic because you're always trying to make things speaking different languages talk together to make a, a cohesive system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of like smart devices. Um, there was a lot of uh, interesting robotics, both industrial and um, not industrial and low cost. That yeah. was interesting too. Yeah. The cost of robotics is coming down significantly. There's an interesting uh, comment about robotics where they're like, just, just like little, these little robots driving around and um, just talking about how they're becoming, robots are becoming far more common in people space. They didn't used to be. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, you'd have like, you'd have a place where there was robots and then elsewhere was the place where there were people. Mm-hmm. And now you're starting to have robots working alongside people or working it, like in your home or in your place of work. It's not so much like, okay, here's the room where the robots work kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which causes uh, complications for everyone. I mean, it's well, I mean, it's, it's not like, easy. Yeah. It's the, no. the, the, there's a reason why like robots have been to Mars but are not living in my house. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's a much simpler thing to put a robot in my house, but it, it, it has it has a lot of other complications. It's difficult to make sure it doesn't run over your toddler. Yeah, exactly. And and it's difficult to find an application where the applica- – like using a robot in my house is not more complicated than automating it some other way or just doing it myself mm-hmm. yeah. or not more expensive. I mean like I look at the new Dyson. Dyson has a new like Roomba version – like the Dyson version of the Roomba. But it's yeah. like 1300 bucks. Mm-hmm. I would buy the heck out of it if it was like a tenth of that price. But <laughs> – yeah, no, it's yeah. Low cost robotics are definitely a big thing. Both again, both from the consumer point of view and also industrial point of view. Like, there's a lot of of industrial automation that's becoming possible now because 
the cost of industrial robotics is coming down. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot, again, the, the sort of like those, those pin test systems, um, in previous generations, that would have been, you have a guy who walks up to like a bed of nails type tester. That's got everything wired together underneath. He puts the board in, closes the box, runs the test, opens the box, takes the board out. Mm-hmm. Now it's like it rolls in on a conveyor belt and a bunch of robotic arms, like probe it in a bunch of ways. Mm-hmm. Like just because that's, that's now a feasible thing to do. <clears throat> so I think that's, that's probably, you're right. I think it's probably the, like the big trend is things are becoming more accessible cost wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we can do some more interesting stuff with them, especially, and, and again, that comes back to the machine learning processing, processing time and processing cycles are cheaper than ever before. Yeah. Um, so, that mean, might, so hmm. maybe we, for the last few minutes, we can transition to, um, trends in consumer goods. Mm-hmm. Like what's, what's co- up and coming and cool. What hip, what is on fleek? <laughs> oh god oh in, in the tech just, just don't um like I'm, I'm talking stuff that's like um not exciting necessarily like bluetooth headphones and like uh suitcases that you can sit on that drive you around and stuff like that but also stuff that's seemingly interesting like um the carryover from the conference also is emerging tech in some areas of like aerospace is VR and AR and stuff like that as well. So if I feel like AR is going to win, but that's just, I think, I think that's, that's a topic for an entire episode. Yeah. yeah. Talk about VR. There, there is some interesting stuff with VR. Um, there's a lot, I think there's going to, we're going to start seeing a lot more, um, personalized manufacturing hmm. things hmm. like things that are made, for you in smaller batches because it's no longer like the setup costs for manufacturing are going down. So it's a lot more reasonable. Like we're starting to see it with like things like the shirt companies that will do like a one day shirt run. That's they, very they're cool. Not, they're not yeah. really, they're not worried as much cause you're not spending 10 grand up front to like set up a silk screen and whatever mm-hmm. you can do it all with, with like an automated system. So you can do a short, like a small run of something and with 3D printing and uh, like multi-material 3D printing is starting to become a thing. It's not cheap. No, but, but I, yeah, you I, can, but it's getting to it's the point where it's, it's yeah. accessible to consumers. Um, and I think that that'll be, you're, you're going to start seeing things, uh, products that are more personalized more often just because it's the, the cost barrier isn't there anymore. So that's interesting because one of the trends related to the center of most people's lives, which is telephones, um, is modular customizable telephones yeah um lg's done one yeah the lg g5 is really cool mm-hmm. recently motorola's done one and then also google is working on one that they want to finish and release next year mm-hmm. where you have basically not just a phone but you have a phone that either in the case of lg has a thing that slides into the bottom that gives you better speakers or a better camera or more, the battery. Ca- or more battery in the case of motorola you have basically a super thin phone that has a case that you snap on the back and the case has some additional functionality mm-hmm. or in the case of what Google wants to make um, an entirely modular phone where you have a different screen or a different processor or a different memory or a different storage or a different battery, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Et cetera. That's yeah. kind of cool. Cause yeah. again, it's, it's, it's becoming cheaper to make smaller components that normally would be very difficult to manufacture to fit within tolerance and electrical um, regulations and everything. Mm-hmm. But now it's, 
feasible yeah. to do really cool stuff like that. And I mean, we've, we've kind of seen that in the tech sphere with like, if you're buying a computer, you used to have to pay a guy to build a computer from the parts you wanted. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I, I used to get paid beer yep. to build computers. I used to do that too. Um, and now you don't, you can, you can go online and be like, I want this laptop and you just basically just drop down list of, I want this, this kind this kind yeah. of thing. I want this kind of hard drive and it's all put together for you because it's like the supply chain is there and the assembly can be majorly automated or really cheap computers. I bought a Chromebook yesterday and it's great. Yeah. Sweet. I, I, I think that is, that's an interesting trend and also kind of scary that technology is becoming so cheap and so easy to access that it is becoming increasingly disposable. Yeah. No, I, I had an idea. I didn't want to, I didn't want to forget. Oh, okay. I, I, I just, I, I think that that is an increasingly <laughs> like scary trend. Point at you. <laughs> We're making very interesting uh, audio I, here. I forgot that I'm not supposed to make gestures or else you get confused and scared. I, yeah. And also people can't see them. <laughs> when you gesticulate wildly, it frightens me and I get confused. <laughs> um, I was going to say that something that's interesting that um, I only learned about recently also is along the lines of what you were saying in terms of things becoming disposable. Um, it's becoming more and more feasible for people to access very high-end expensive equipment, but for rent mm. or temporarily. So a big thing that I only learned about yesterday that exists are websites where you can go and rent camera equipment for a reasonable amount of money for like a vacation. Or mm. let's say you wanna, you're going to a particular event that you want to take some nice photos at. You can rent like a super high-end SLR with a couple of lenses, take it along, use it, and then return it. You don't have to buy it. You can just try see if you like it, take some nice photos, and carry on. That's interesting. It's, it feels like it's in direct opposition to the to the yeah. idea of making it cheap enough that you don't need to borrow. Yeah. Need to bother but the high end is it. still high, right? Like yeah. you still need to pay upwards of three to. That's true. Your Chromebook like a isn't a gaming dollars. laptop. No, exactly. Yeah. But if I need a gaming laptop to go to like a LAN party, mm. then I could rent a gaming laptop, go to a LAN party and then return it. And I didn't have to buy a gaming laptop. Yeah. Well, there will also be, I, I, I kind of think that as we start to distribute more things to the cloud, you'll start seeing things like you will no longer have necessarily a computer with as powerful a processor, but you'll be like, okay, I'm going to rent time on a cloud processing center. Oh yeah. And you'll just sort of like offload, be like, I need my computer to have like crazy graphics capabilities for the next little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to offload a bunch of the processing to a center, like to a cloud location. But even consumer goods, like this is a controversial concept, but it's, it's possible that you could, for instance, with some of the Amazon logistics that are out now, and I'm totally stealing this concept from Vergecast, but whatever. <laughs> it's po totally possible that you could go to Amazon, find a thing that you want, let's say a Chromebook. Mm. You want to see if a Chromebook works for your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So you buy a Chromebook, they deliver it within an hour because they're crazy. Right. Um, you try it out, play with it for a day or two, decide that you don't like it, or I mean, you can still do that now and just return it. Yeah. But you could also just borrow a Chromebook or borrow a camera or borrow a nice pair of headphones for like a trip that you're going to go on. Yeah. And then just go like, I'm done. And Amazon takes them back and someone else gets them. Like you could set up a shared economy once you have effective logistics like Amazon has where you don't have to buy things. You can rent or borrow things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you, rent to own kind of thing. I mean, that, yeah. that, that would be cool. I would love to if like places like pretty much anything technologically related i would love if there was like a rent to own type thing yeah. so you could rent it and be like yep i like this phone i'm gonna keep renting it until i own it or totally or, shared like in, like cars are getting there but because they're again expensive but you can apply it to 
inexpensive things too. Like if you only use your headphones on your way to and from work, you could just have like headphones that like yeah, but headphones would have like gross like issues. head yeah juice okay. so maybe them. it isn't the best idea head juice <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> all right let's, that like, let, let's just glide right is past that what that. happens when you squeeze head cheese Ew. Ew. hey no it's what happens when you wear over your headphones while you go running uh. yeah yeah, exactly. So it falls down in some respects. Yeah. No, I think there are a lot there's a lot of technology that people own just because they want it every once in a while that yeah, it could be much more efficiently used if it was being shared around. Especially with sports. Like a lot of people try sports and buy a bunch of equipment and they're like, "You know what? I don't like badminton, but now I own a racket." Well, that's a bad idea because badminton rackets are and curling. I, cur- <laughs> I curled for a few years and I bought curling shoes and a curling broom and now they just sit in my garage. With, okay. my, with my rollerblades and golf clubs. So there's like lots of stuff that you buy for sports and then you try it for a season or so and you're like, yeah, this is lame. I feel like we've taken a bit of a walk on this yeah. conversation from where we're going. But, but I, no, it, it, it's, it, I'm talking purely about the efficiency of logistics that enable you to move goods and services around the same way that Tesla wants to move cars around mm-hmm. in order to have more mm-hmm. people access things that they don't necessarily need all the time. Yeah. yeah. I okay. Mean, it's, I like that. Yeah. Efficiency. Um. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if that applies in a larger scale to just like either computing or to resources in general. Um, like yeah. that, that would be particularly cool if you could get something where you've got a generalized enough manufacturing capability uh, that you could just basically like rent out manufacturing capability such yeah. t- so that you could make whatever you wanted in this like same uh like same factory which would allow you to have really really efficient well that's the dream that's that's the star wars replicator all you have is credits and then yeah. you, you you make something and then you get rid of the thing and you get credits back and you make something different you, well, tra- re- you trade in your headphones and you make a, a ink well pen i don't know the real dream is like the, the star trek replicator where it's free because we've moved past money it wasn't free though wasn't it? No. Depends on what, okay, I'm not going to get into this discussion. <laughs> this is going this is going to go downhill so fast. Anyway, point is, yes, that would be that that's where I would love to see it go is the is personalized manufacturing to the point where you could just make everything all the time. But yeah. until we get to that point, there are going to be a lot of steps in between, one of which is probably the crazy logistics that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and those the effects those are going to have on how people get goods and the kinds of goods people get. Mm-hmm. All of which will have to be engineered. Hey. So it looks like we have gainful employment for the next while, Ever. at least. As long as we make things that are useful. Which we do. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, we've gotten complaints that we don't wrap up with a unified statement anymore. We have? What, what kind of statement? Well, Calvin didn't like that we rambled about kids coding for like... 40 minutes and didn't no, that, actually come that wasn't, to a point. That wasn't the wrap-up. That was like, oh, I guess it is. Yeah. Like, we, we, ne- we never stopped and we're like, this is our opinion. Yeah. We never got anywhere I useful. don't have any opinions. Well, that is why people like you. We're going we're gonna to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, having opinions generally gets you disliked. So um, We're going to try harder to conclude with interesting takeaways for people to think about yes so our takeaways from this let's let's come down to them green energy mm-hmm. yeah people like green energy yep. probably because it's starting to get somewhat feasible to have things inexpensive yep. manufacturing yeah 
Mm-hmm. And Cheap costs of computing power enabling you to perform machine learning. Yes. And also small computers that are cheap to produce so that you can have them in all the things. And mm-hmm. suitcases you can ride like a scooter. I, I don't remember seeing that. Is that a thing? I mentioned that, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, no, I, you mentioned it. I just, I, I've I'm seen not those. aware of it. Yeah, it's a suitcase that instead of having to walk, because no one likes do, walking. Do you like push yourself along like a scooter or <laughs> it's like a motorized it. one? You sit on it and you ride it. Don't they literally have a scooter one though? There's also one that you that you that attaches to like your pants and it like rides drives behind you or something like they're. <laughs> just making it dumb. Your pants just drags you around the airport. There's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this was a really nice succinct way to wrap up there there are weird that's just okay so that could conclude with there are weird trends in engineering for where technologies are emerging faster than people can find uses for them and so we get like suitcase pants and, and iot <laughs> juicers and stuff like that yeah actually that, that that is a good way to wrap it up yeah we, we're certainly seeing we're seeing technology move really fast because it's cheap and you're able to make things with it and only the future will tell whether yeah. Like whether green green energy will need to be a thing, but whether the products that we're currently making for green energy are going to be the things that we use in the future is yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of products that are being like that are being tied to green energy that don't necessarily need to be just because it's like the flavor of the week. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that reminds me. But this is going to totally hose our let's stay on topic and be constructive at the end of our episode. Well, I didn't have high hopes for that anyway. But. <laughs> We're going to try. We said we would try. Okay. Um, to circle back around as like a follow-up to a previous episode where we were talking about teaching kids to code. It reminded me because you were saying that we didn't conclude much with anything. Okay. No, let's, let's, okay. Okay. This episode is now finished. Okay. I declare it so. Now let's go on to like some footnotes for a previous episode. Ba-ba. Yay. Be your transition. Okay. So um, the that episode, one of the things like, okay, so what we didn't talk about apparently concretely enough was that uh, it makes me angry when people try to use seamless, seemingly um, non-educational things for education just because it helps them sell. And... I thought example. we did talk about that. We did, but apparently not enough for it to be our conclusion. For Calvin's liking? Yeah. All right. So, so Calvin, are you happy now? The conclusion was <laughs> that there are too many educational toys that are educational just so we can sell them to just helicopter the parents. But I have a new it, example. Yeah. The new example is that I saw an article a couple of days ago that claimed that you can teach kids to code using those like uh, chocolate dipped pookies that you that are like you get at Asian food markets. Pocky? Pocky. You can Pookie. teach kids to code using pockies interesting they're like it's a new uh, thing like buy pocky teach your kids to code why does that be pocky i don't know i because <laughs> they were advertising i don't know i'm genuinely Brilliant. curious to know how one does that but i looked at it and i was just like Ugh. yeah okay but actually that okay I, I declared the episode closed, but I want to reopen the episode to say that, that I, <laughs> I, I think that we're, we see a, a similar trend with green energy, though. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, okay, but does it really need to have solar panels or does it mm. really need to be like smart grid enabled and or IoT? Same sort of thing. Does it really need to be IoT? And so that's going to be like one of the, pro, one of the questions we're going to have to ask ourselves very seriously as engineers going forward is – just because we could have a windmill on it, or we could, it could teach kids the code. There could or, be a chip in it. Yeah, or it could, there could be a chip in it. Does it really need to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, an excellent place to end. Oh, okay. Or not. Oh. <laughs> or <I> was, continue. <laughs> I was just going to say that the difference, though, is that Pocky doesn't advertise their, their product as like delicious snack and also educational toy. 
It's mm. just delicious snack. But people are just kind of putting it into boxes that meet their needs in weird ways. Yeah, that's possibly, yeah. Okay, so maybe Pocky was a bad example, but there are a lot of products out there right no, now that are being engineered. Are definitely, and saying, yeah, they're just. How can we attach, how can we hitch this to the wagon of whatever's trendy right now? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a bad thing because you're going to end up with products that aren't as good as they could be because they've been shoehorned into like green energy or Internet of Things. Yeah, yeah. So make those... good stuff. Don't be trendy. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is a good, that is all right. So the, the unifying, the unifying statement for all of the episodes that we have not yet wrapped up is <laughs> don't be so trendy people. <laughs> all right. Um, good enough. I never thought you would tell engineers, stop being so trendy. Stop being so trendy engineers. You're just way too hip, <laughs> hip happening and on fleek as Pete says. <laughs> this closing has been like 10 minutes long. <laughs>